Part one, chapter six of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sinkevich, translated by Binion and Malevsky. Part one, chapter six. Petronius was at home. The doorkeeper did not dare to stop Vinitius, who broke into the hall like a tempest. Learning that the master of the house was in the library, he speeded thither. Finding Petronius was writing, Vinitius snatched the reed from his hands, broke it and threw it on the floor. Then he laid his hands upon Petronius's shoulders and, thrusting his face under his, cried in a hoarse voice, "'What hast thou done with her? Where is she?' Then an astonishing thing happened. The elegant and indolent Petronius seized the hands which grasped his shoulders and, pressing them in one hand as in a vice, said, I am weak only in the morning, but in the evening I recover my courage. Try to escape. A weaver must have taught thee gymnastics, and a blacksmith politeness. He said this without any sign of anger, but in his eyes there was a hint of boldness and energy. After a few moments he dropped the hands of Vinitius, who stood before him, humbled, abashed, yet with a furious rage in his heart. Thou hast a hand of steel, said the younger man, but by all the infernal gods, if thou hast betrayed me, I will put a knife into thy throat, even though I should have to do it in the chambers of Caesar. Let us talk calmly, replied Petronius. Steel, as thou seest, is stronger than iron. Therefore, though from each of thy arms both of mine could be made, I am not afraid of thee. But I grieve over thy rudeness, and if human ingratitude could astonish me, I should be astonished at thy ingratitude. Where is Lygia? In a house of ill fame, in other words, in the house of Caesar. Petronius, calm thyself, sit down. Caesar promised to fulfill two requests of mine, first to get Lygia out of the house of Aulus, and secondly to give her to thee. Didst thou conceal a knife in the folds of thy toga? Perhaps thou dost want to stab me? I advise thee to postpone the attempt for a few days, otherwise thou wouldst be thrown into prison, and Lygia would weary herself in thy house. Silence ensued. For some time Vinitius looked at Petronius with astonished eyes. Then at last he said, "'Pardon me. I love her. Love blinds my mind. Look at me, Marcus. The day before yesterday I said to Caesar, "'My nephew hath fallen so deeply in love with an emaciated maiden in the house of Aulus that his house has been turned by his size into a steam-bath.' neither thou said i to caesar nor i who understand what real beauty is would give for her a thousand sesterces but this youth is stupid and now he has lost his mind entirely petronius if thou dost not understand that i said it with the purpose of protecting lygia i am prepared to think that i said the truth i told caesar that a man of his aesthetic tastes could not consider her a beautiful woman nero who still looks at everything through my eyes will not find her beautiful and poppaea will evidently try to get her out of the palace at the earliest opportunity and i continued to say carelessly to bronzebeard take lygia and give her to vinitius thou hast the right to do so because she is a hostage moreover in doing this thou wilt annoy aulus so he agreed he had no reason to dissent especially as i gave him the opportunity to do an ill turn to decent people 
thou wilt be appointed an official guardian over her this lygian treasure will be committed to thy care surely thou as an ally to the brave lygians and a true servant to caesar wilt not lose the treasure but wilt do thy best to increase it caesar in order to preserve appearances will retain her a few days in his house and then he will send her to thy island fortunate man is that true in caesar's house is she in no danger should she have to stay there permanently poppaea would mention her name to the poisoner locusta but for a few days she can remain in safety in caesar's house live ten thousand people nero may not see her at all which is the more likely because he has left the matter entirely in my hands only a few moments ago a centurion came to me with the information that the maiden had been taken into the palace and delivered into the hands of actia actia is kind and good and that is why i direct that lygia be entrusted to her guardianship pomponia Grisina evidently thinks the same as she has sent actia a letter there will be a feast to-morrow in nero's house i have secured a place for thee near lygia caius said vinitius forgive my rage i thought thou hadst ordered her to be taken away for thyself or for caesar i can forgive thy anger but it is more difficult to forgive thy rude manners indecent shouts and thy voice reminding one of players at street games i like it not marcus and in future mend thy ways know that caesar's pander is tigellinus know also that if i desired this maiden for myself i would look straight in thy eyes and say vinitius i have taken lygia from thee and i will keep her till i weary of her with these words he fastened his nut-like eyes on the eyes of vinitius with an expression of cold self-confidence the young tribune was utterly abashed i am guilty before thee said he thou art good and magnanimous i thank thee from my heart let me ask only one more question why didst thou not command that lygia be brought directly to my house because caesar must preserve appearances this matter will excite talk at rome as we take her as a hostage she will remain in caesar's palace until the talk ceases then we shall remove her quietly to thy house and the matter ends bronzebeard is a cowardly dog he knows he is omnipotent yet he tries to give a color of decency to all his actions perchance thou art not cool enough to view the case philosophically i have repeatedly sought to explain why it is that transgression no matter how powerful and secure be the transgressor as for instance caesar invariably tries to justify itself by law justice and virtue why take this trouble in my opinion to slay a brother a mother or a wife is an act worthy only of a petty asiatic king not of a roman caesar but had i done any of these things i should not write letters of justification to the senate and nero does write he is striving to justify his crimes because he is a coward on the other hand tiberius who was no coward yet he too always strove to justify himself why is this how strange and spontaneous is this homage of vice to virtue and do you know what i think i think it is so because transgression is ugly and virtue is beautiful ergo a genuine man of taste is also virtuous ergo i am virtuous to-day will i make a libation of wine to the shades of protagoras prodicus and gorgias manifestly the sophists are of little use listen i am not through with my argument i took lygia from the auli to give her to thee ah lysippus would have made marvellous groups of you two 
both of ye are beautiful consequently what i have done is beautiful being beautiful it cannot be evil look marcus thou seest before thee virtue personified in caius petronius were aristides alive he would have to come to me for a condensed treatise on virtue and pay me a hundred minae for it but vinitius who was more occupied with the facts than with any treatise on virtue answered i shall see lygia to-morrow and after that she shall spend every day in my house ceaselessly till death thou shalt have lygia and i will be accountable to aulus for thee he will call down the vengeance of all the gods of the netherworld upon me would that the creature could take a lesson in declamation as a preparation however he will rail against me as my old gate porter used to rail against my followers i banished him to the country aulus has been to see me i promised to send him news of lygia write him that the will of the godlike caesar is the law of the gods and that thou wilt call thy first son aulus we must give him some consolation i am ready to ask bronzebeard to invite plautius to the banquet let him have the pleasure of seeing thee next lygia do not so replied vinitius i pity them both especially pomponia then vinitius sat down to write the letter which was to deprive the old commander of his last hope end of part one chapter six